So I wanted to give just a little bit of context about this particular type of meditation, which is insight meditation, because there's a lot of different types of meditation available these days, and they might have slightly different purposes. From So some of you, this might be a little bit different from what you've done before. And just to say, if you haven't done any meditation before, I think even people who have these days with mindfulness becoming more and more mainstream, we often have an image in our minds of what meditation is. And that image is informed by advertising, by popular movies. And usually the classical image of a meditator is usually a fairly thin, young, white woman, usually blonde, sitting in the lotus position with her hands in some position like this and this slightly beatific smile and the implication there is not a thought in her head. And so consciously or unconsciously when we come to meditate, that can be the image that we're thinking is what we're supposed to be aiming for. So I know several of you said that you were hoping to still the mind or release the thoughts. There's some good news here and some bad news. <laughs> because with insight meditation, the primary goal is not about getting rid of thoughts. It's about changing our relationship to them. Having said that, there are phases in the meditation where the thoughts do quiet and, and still and so on. But if we start with that kind of agenda, usually what happens is we just end up caught in struggle, frustration, judgment, self-judgment and so on. And to me it's a little bit painful when I hear so many people say, oh I can't meditate because I just can't stop my mind. Well this particular meditation is not necessarily about stopping your mind it's about being with what is it's about meeting our experience exactly as it is with what i like to call kind curiosity rather than resistance aversion or greed so in that image, stereotypical image of the young woman meditating, she's usually sitting in the lotus position. And so people think, well, that's the best place to be. And if you can sit on the floor comfortably, that's wonderful. But again, because the point of this meditation is to be with your experience exactly as it is, it doesn't matter whether you're sitting on a chair or on the floor or driving or chopping veggies for dinner. You can be bringing mindfulness to whatever you're doing in the moment. So the posture is not as important as the relationship to experience. So having said that, it does take training. And one thing I've noticed is, I think if we were learning a new physical skill, like just suspend disbelief for a moment. Imagine we were learning to ice skate. You would expect that you'd be clumsy, you'd be awkward, you'd fall over. It would take a few weeks maybe before you got to some kind of capacity to let go of the side rail and, and actually skate. But when it comes to working with the mind, people tend to think that they should get it instantly. And, you know, when we sit down, you should be able to just be there fully present for 15, 20, 30 minutes without the mind moving at all. And if that doesn't happen, it can create judgment. 
So I'm just giving you context, encouraging this foundation attitude in a way of patience and humor. So one of the, almost a mantra, a bit of a joking sort of mantra that I use at the start of any meditation training is the mantra I'd like you to keep in mind through this whole six weeks is explore and enjoy. Explore and enjoy. So the exploring piece is an invitation to let go as best you can of right and wrong, good and bad, success and failure, and just explore, try things out, and then enjoy. See what you can find to actually appreciate about your experience and your efforts to to do this. So with that in mind, the purpose of this insight meditation practice, it's called insight because... The purpose of it is to help us see clearly. Now, on one level, you might think, well, I already see clearly. You know, most of the time, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm sitting here listening to you. You know, that's... Is that it? But even though we might think that we see clearly, often, at particular times in our lives, we find ourselves getting caught up in similar dramas over and over and over again similar patterns playing out has anybody had that experience yeah so it's not just me so for some of us we find ourselves kind of on a repeat cycle and for other people it's the opposite life deals us something completely unexpected and out of the blue and we find ourselves really floundering and not knowing how to navigate that particular challenge. We're tossed about by life's circumstances. So either way, insight meditation helps us to see clearly how we ourselves are often unconsciously contributing to our own stress and distress. And so this type of meditation helps us to see more clearly the unhelpful patterns that we get caught in and how those lead to different kinds of reactivity, greed or addiction or anger, frustration, resentment, jealousy, boredom, anxiety, pretty long list. But with meditation, we start to see how those patterns get activated. And then with that clear seeing, that understanding, actually that wisdom, we learn how to free ourselves from those patterns And when we're free of those patterns, we can learn how to live with more ease, with more happiness, with more freedom. So that's really the point of everything that we'll be doing here. And when we're able to live with more ease and happiness and peace, it doesn't stop with us because it ripples out into our family lives, with our partners, our communities, our workplace. So again, what we're doing here is not just for our own individual benefit, but it helps the whole community. And that's one reason I'm delighted that all of you are in the same community because you get that moral support from each other. So perhaps for some of you that might be sounding a bit lofty or even abstract. So how do we bring it down to right here, right now? 
How does insight meditation help us to live more skillfully? It all starts with mindfulness. And mindfulness as a very simple beginning definition is the capacity to know what you're doing as you're doing it and to know that you know. So it's a basic quality of presence and an attunement to what's actually happening in the moment. And that's what we'll be doing very soon. But if I were to say to you, okay, so I'm going to ring the bell and then just sit here for 20 minutes and be mindful. (laughs) How long do you think that would work for? (laughs) Three seconds, maybe? Yeah. For most people, within maybe even nanoseconds, the mind moves off. It goes back to its usual habits of wandering and worrying and fantasizing and planning and ruminating. And we might not even recognize that that's happened until I ring the bell. It's like, what, 20 minutes? I was just sitting here thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast or whatever it was. So we need to train this capacity of the mind to stay steady. And in the beginning, we do this by inviting it to come back to just one aspect of our experience to keep it simple. And that one aspect of our experience is the breath, the experience of breathing. So most forms of meditation begin with paying attention to the breath for several reasons. One is the breath is always available. As long as we're alive, we're breathing, we have a possibility of meditating. So we can practice mindfulness of breathing anywhere under any circumstances including right now as you're listening to me. So the breath can be included in the background of your awareness as a kind of anchor or home base or reference point, even as the mind is taking in the words and the ideas that you're hearing. The second benefit of the breath is that it happens in the present moment. The physical sensations of the breath are only happening now, now, now in this moment. Unlike the mind, which very often feels like it's in the future or back in the past, anywhere but now. So the moment we're connecting with the experience of breath, we're in the immediacy of the present moment. We're not lost in fantasy or regret. The third benefit of the breath is it has a rhythm to it. It's not static. It's constantly changing in subtle ways. So that makes it a bit easier to pay attention to than something that was just static. So, for example, if I said, just stay here, let your mind pay attention to your left earlobe. Probably wouldn't last very long because there's not much going on there. It's static there's not enough change, the mind would very quickly wander off. And the fourth benefit is that the breath for most people is fairly neutral and even somewhat calming. So the more we stay steady and present to the experience of the breath, usually it helps the mind to quieten down. Not always, but generally speaking. The more the mind connects with the breath, the body becomes less agitated, 
which helps the mind to settle and there's a positive feedback loop because mind and body work together. So right there is an important insight. The body and the mind are interconnected. So we can see sometimes the opposite of that. If we come to meditation with an expectation that I'm supposed to get rid of my thoughts and then that doesn't happen and then a little bit of judgment creeps into the mind, the body tightens just slightly, the mind gets more frustrated, there's discomfort, we want to move, how long is this going to go on for? And we set up this whole chain reaction and sometimes we're out the door before we even realize what had happened. So to some extent, we're inviting this orientation to calm and to ease, but we're inviting it and allowing it rather than trying to make it happen through willpower. Does that make sense, that distinction? It's a little bit of a subtlety, but we'll give that a try in a moment. So what we'll be doing is opening to our experience exactly as it is, orienting to accepting how it is, and then with that spaciousness in the mind, the body can become more calm, which in turn allows more stilling and soothing of the mind. The breath becomes more continuous, and with practice there can be an effortlessness to all that. And that calm and quiet is deeply nourishing for the nervous system, for the heart and the mind. So that's a very, hopefully, brief and straightforward overview, just to give you some context. Are there any questions about any of that before we give it a try? Yes. 